Hello, everybody. It's, here we are. It's been a long time, but we're back. Cover 3 Athletics, the CTA podcast, talking about Whippy Old Football and the City League. So, last week of August, you know what that means. Week 0 is literally hours away. As this Friday night, it kicks off. The, the official start of the 2021 Whippy Old High School Football season across all of Pennsylvania. But most importantly, in our own backyard. So, how we're going to do this is it's week zero. These games do count. It's a win. It's a loss. It's momentum. It's confidence. It's experience. But, of course, it is week zero. Not everybody plays a full week zero game. Some teams don't even play at all. And, of course, at the end of the day, does it affect the playoffs? No. So, we're just going to run through some of the top games on this week's slate for week zero. Now, we will highlight all the action in a new format that we'll unveil early next week. But we'll, hi- we'll cap it all up like we do normally. But we're just going to talk about some of the games on point for this weekend. As, of course, Friday night's the first one of the season, the first of 10 before playoffs. Now, our 2021 Whippy Old Football Season Guide is in the works and it's set to be out either next Wednesday or Thursday, which would be the first two days of September, right before the start of week one, when it gets serious and heavy. So that is something we're working on. And as a course, we'll have a special treat for you guys. As all next week, leading up until the opening Friday night kickoff, we will have a podcast, a little short, breaking down each class and the city bit by bit to go along with our season guide, dropping in its entirety next week before the week one kickoff next Friday. Okay, so I have a list of about 11 games we're going to break down. And talk about now. Of course, Friday and Saturday, the Wolverine is again hosting its Week Zero showcase, where it has some of the best teams from the Whippy Old playing teams from across the state, out of state, etc. So that's exciting. Um, and one of those matchups that it kind of ties into it. I I'm a Hotep charter at Central Catholic. Um, and looking at that matchup, I'm a Hotep is one of the top teams out east in the Philadelphia Catholic League. I believe they're in Class Five A, but they're always loaded. Central Catholic, of course, looking for a three-peat, something that, despite their history, they've never done. They've never been able to win three Whitfield titles in a row. Also, they're trying to make a three straight in 6A. And again, this year for the Vikings, you know, really quickly about them, because like I said, because like I said about, these, about it all, we're going to talk in depth about each class and each team next week as our season guide also drops with the in-depth knowledge. So we're going to kind of avoid that today. So we're going to keep it short to the point. But for the Vikings, I mean, they have to replace Eddie Tillman in their traditional run-heavy offense. J.D. Younger is kind of the guy that's going to expect it to get the carries, take over. He's also a star defensive back. The Viking defense is absolutely loaded. It's loaded as it usually is. Of course, sophomore Anthony Specka, who broke on the scene as a linebacker last year, he's a, he's a blossoming star. He's there. You have, um, the, you know, you have Donovan Hinnish up front, already go to Notre Dame, powering that D-line. And the back, you have Younger. You have him alongside Devin Barron, Gannon Carruthers. Carruthers is a, is a special player, in my opinion, that needs more college looks. The guy can do a lot of things on both sides of the ball. He's also a good return man. Offensively, the Vikings, they I mean, they have Carruthers and speedster Brandon Jackson on the outside to get the ball to and spread it out. You have Antonio Pitts, who's another fast player that's going to be in the backfield. You, have, you also have your traditional good Central Catholic line. The thing is quarterback. 
Who's going to be doing it? You have two sophomores fighting for it, Cole Sullivan and Peyton Ware. Of course, Ware was starting towards the end of last year as a freshman until he had the horrific leg injury in the championship game. He's recovered. Everything says he's ready to go for this season, so we'll see who gets the starting, the starting job. Of course, for the Vikings, it's going to be a good test because I'm going to tap again. So you have Amahotep, who's getting one of those private schools out in Philadelphia that are just loaded and have a lot of good D1 FCS caliber players. So it'll be a good challenge. Of course, for the Vikings, maybe a little bit of a redemption opportunity because, of course, last year they didn't. Of course, they had to forfeit their state quarterfinal game, which also took them out of the tournament. So Grand State Joe's probably going to win the whole thing regardless. That team was one of the best teams, you know, arguably in PA history last year. But the point is that Central never had a chance to compete. And at least get to Hershey. So maybe a little bit of a little extra chip on the shoulders of these this year's players to kind of try to knock up a win against a team from the east side of the state in week zero to kind of amend a little bit of what got taken away last year because of COVID. Now and then another matchup featuring a 6A school. Mount Lebanon is they travel to Bethel Park and old neighborhood rivalries renewed. Of course, realignment has, has split it up. Bethel Park's in 5A. Mount Lebanon is still 6A. The week zero, that's what week zero is also for. Renewing rivalries that have been taken away because of the six of the move to six classes or just realignment that has come in the years since. So week zero rivalries, love them. Malibu at Bethel Park. And you look at this, it's a case of two programs that have tradition, that have history, that are normally really good. Malaman, year 300 ball, Palco. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's done, he's done. He's built them back up. They've become a contender. And he has a really deep and good senior class. That is led by a three-headed monster of quarterback Joey Daniels, who's a third-year starter now. His top receiver, Eli Heinrich, who's going to Navy. And then Alex Texka, who broke on the scene last year. All-conference defensive back by the coach's name by us. And then we gave him the all-conference now as a running back as he was an absolute beast carrying the football in the spread-out attack. And, of course, there's a lot of other – it's a deep senior class. There's a lot of other veterans all over the field for them. But now, of course, there's Mel Edmund, You've been knocked out by Central Catholic twice in the semifinals the last two years. Can you get over the hurdle and not just get to the final, but win it all? Can you do it? And if there's ever a time, it's now. Of course, Bethel Park, year two under Brian DeLello. Last year was a rebuild year. There was a very young team, a lot of inexperience, and they got beat up. But now those kids are back. They're a year older, more wise, more experienced, hungry, ready. Want to turn those growing pains into success. And, of course, Max Blanc's quarterback. He's going to Youngstown State. You have Troy Volpatti, who's a third-year starter. He's going to be the bell cow in the backfield. He's also a key in the back of the defense. And you have a lot of other juniors that are coming up. Gavin Ball, those one that comes to mind, that's a special player. And it could be a really special class. So, Bethel Park, they're one of the teams in the whippy hole entirely. You look at can go from bottom of the conference towards the top last year to this year transition. But, again, week zero at home against a rival who's poised for a big year themselves. I for Bethel Park, what 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 better measuring stick can you have, let alone what better chance to boost your confidence can you have this in a, in again in a neighborhood rivalry renewed. You gotta love it. And this should be honestly one of the best games of the weekend for sure. And again again if Bethel Park plays really well, it could be it could catapult them to go on a run and it's gonna be I think a very spread out, very even Allegheny Six Conference in 5A, and once again the deepest class in the Whippy Old Class 5A. In terms of you know the the evenness and the competitiveness of quality teams, you know, for Mount Lemon in the case you know if they go to Bethel Park and have a really good showing themselves, again what better way to have some juice going into a tough 6A schedule? 
So that's kind of what it's about here in week zero. Keeping it six A, another six A, another six A, because there's only one car. It's in six A, so I was gonna say six A. Another six A Allegheny Six Clash. Seneca Valley hosts Moon, and this one's interesting to me because Seneca Valley, you have a lot of turnover from last year to this year. Graham Hancock takes over at quarterback. He saw some time a year ago. Nolan Dork was thrown into the starting running back role when Ethan West got hurt, and Dork excelled, so he's back. You have, but then you have some other guys that are trying to step up that have had siblings or that have been in the program as, as a young kid. Now they're a senior, now they're a junior, trying to step up Luke Lambert, Luke Lawson, trying to step up and take on bigger roles, fill voids. Of course, the Raider defense is going to be young. The offense, you're trying to transition because with the whole debacle that happened at Pine Richland, you have three of their former coaches that have come on to be offensive assistants under Ron, Ron Bushel and, and here in Seneca Valley. So, again, this might be a case of this might be more of a, re, a retooling year for the Raiders. But then next year might be a case of look out for them. So that might be a case for them. Of course, Moon, they've been solid the last two years. Of course, 2019, they took everybody by surprise went on a journey run to the quarterfinals. Last year, they missed the playoffs and also the shortened season. They had some ups and downs. This year, again, they bring back a lot of talent, Moon does. A lot of experience on both sides of the ball. Ben Bladel is one to think about leading the defense, a key player. And you look at it for Moon, you're in the tough Allegheny Six Conference. What better way than to go on the road against a 6A team that normally is a solid program and beat them to have momentum going into that tough conference? And again, I think it's a good measuring stick as well for how they're going to fare. Because um, Jeremiah and Dean, along with third-year starting quarterback Tyler McGowan leading the Tiger offense, you're going to have some new pieces stepping in. But again, a good measure for both programs who are trying to take the leap and get back to playoff football, as well as trying to see where they're fitting at. But of course, Moon with a, a more veteran team that's in it's in a tougher, it's in a more compact conference versus Seneca Valley, who in six A you're going to have in the eight in the eight team class five make the playoffs. You, there's there's a gap between the bottom couple and the top couple and then the middle, so the Raiders have a much better chance to make it in. So, again, I think it's a very good game for Moon. But, of course, Seneca Valley trying to transition itself. I mean, again, you got to start strong if you do it this year. And then the other 6A game we're talking about, North Allegheny featuring Alderdice. This game, it's all about NA. It's about them. You expect them to take care of business here at home and to do it big. No offense to Alderdice. It just is what it is. Of course, the Dragons, though, trying to get back to the city title and overcome Westinghouse. This is a good experience for them to play against one of the one of the better teams in the state. Have that experience early, get kind of get the wrinkles out of the way, and it only can get it only can get better from that, right? So I think it's a good test for all guys. It's brilliant to take on the challenge for the Tigers. They have some questions. I mean, you, I mean again, they have yet to get over the hurdle and the, and the hoist the championship since 2012. Last year they ran the regular season. They went to the final only to lose to Central Catholic. They have questions at quarterback. But they have, but they have a lot of talent inside of it. Again, NA is usually strong in the lines. They have that again. You have Jacob Porter, who's the star defensive end, who's going to cause havoc in the pass rush. You have Tylee Oluwalu, a sophomore linebacker that's, that's the son of the Steeler, Tyson Oluwalu, former first-round draft pick of the Jaguars. He's he's going to slaw on his starting defense. You have J.R. Burton, who's going to lead the the power run game that the Tigers so well do. You have a big play, you have you got a big name playmaker in Dwayne Taylor. So when they do throw the ball, that's the guy you got to get it to. 
Sadio Beers excuse if it's on defense. Kyro Hutchinson is another tall, lengthy guy that's going to start in the secondary. Could be a playmaker in a passing game as well if the Tigers choose to throw the ball a little bit more. And it'll be a case of you have guys that are going to all take turns carrying the rock and being there. And you're going to have, you're going to have a strong Tiger defense. It's just a matter of are you going to have a quarterback that's going to be able to kind of you know step it up from just running the ball all the time, make plays through the air, and give you that diversity so when you get to Central Catholic, when you go against Mount Lebanon, you have that extra, you, which figured to be the top three teams in 6A, you have that dynamic to try to, you know, combat that. So that's why that's a, a kind of a way when you're trying to figure out a new quarterback, which I believe Taylor Potts is supposed to be the starter for them. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a way to maybe kind of get a feel for who might be the right guy in a game situation. And then actually, I kind of skipped over. We actually had two more games involving 6A schools. KM Mack goes to Trinity, kind of like a neighborhood thing. Trinity, they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to, you know, build up a mix between some guys who have been around for two, three years at the varsity level. They have a strong line. They're also trying to incorporate younger players in skill positions. And again, knowing they're going to face TJ McKees, Port Belvern in conference play, Ronnie Gallagher and Laurel, Laurel Highlands. Top four to seven make the playoffs. I mean, that's tough sledding as it is. So this is a good challenge for them to get to KM Mack team. And honestly... They're ready to make a move. They're ready to make a move because they have three really good receivers led by Chris Davis and Deuce Lyons. You have a star running back in Ryan Angle, who's entering his 30 years as a starter. He's been phenomenal, hasn't gotten enough credit. You have you got quality guys on defense in the secondary in the middle for them. And then quarterback-wise, you have, I mean, Deuce Lyons was the quarterback last couple of years on and off. He's now fully a receiver, return man type of guy. Because you have either junior Ben Urso or sophomore Mike Evans, who both saw time last year back for the quarterback role. So Kana Mack, honestly, if they could figure out the line play and be a little tighter on defense, they could surprise in 6A. And, and maybe I'll sound crazy eight, nine weeks from now. Maybe not, because I think this team is definitely one of the five playoff teams in 6A. I don't think they have a chance to contend and maybe serve some trouble. In 6A. Am I picking them to win it? No. Am I picking them to make Hines? No. But can they be respectable and definitely make the playoffs and win a playoff game? I think all those is yes. But again, this is a way to kind of show that and maybe set a dominant tone. Or for Trinity, if you're able to hang in this game, be tough against a veteran club that's a 6A school, that's a, that's a good confidence builder. And again, kind of like Alderdice going to NA, it's a good challenge for Trinity knowing they're going to be up against their conference schedule of what they have to face. And again, it is a neighborhood rivalry. And the other one, Nor- another neighborhood rivalry, Norwin at Penn Trafford. Of course, Norwin, they're trying to refine themselves as a program in 6A. They're trying to rebuild. I mean, Don Bark is the star of the offense, but you have a new quarterback. You have young guys that have been receivers. Sophomore Jackson Pons is a special player that's going to star in the secondary and, and hopefully you know, get the chance to be a player in the offense. And offense at times has struggled the last couple years despite having talent Norman's gonna have a lot of new pieces this is, you're, you figure them to kind of beat the bomb in 6a trying to rebuild the program or Penn Trafford these options I mean they've been uh, uh, I mean they've been one of the one of the staples at, at the top of the whippy whether it be the the last couple of years of having four classes in quad a and of course then you know so realignment having them be in 5a for the last so many years now They've been one of the top teams. The only thing missing is a championship. That's the only thing that they have not been able to accomplish. And this year's Penn Trafford team, yes, they have, they have a few new faces. It, it, it might be a little bit of a different feel than, than the last year, than the last handful of years. 
but they do have a star in Kane Yakamali. The guy's a star player on both sides of the ball. He's a leader. Pentraffer has a very strong line. They're set to have a very good defense. And again, Pentraffer is keep retooling. So I have comments that quarterback or other and the guys around Yakamali are going to be able to perform and be fine. Especially when you look back the last couple of years, they've they I mean they've had some big names go down with injuries that they had to deal with, and they were able to, to deal with in season and still be fine. So at the end of the day, I think Penn Trafford is, again, one of the top teams in 5A. It'll be them and Gateway in the Big Eight, Big East, my apologies. And again, and you expect them to be two of the top teams throughout the year in 5A. So it's a neighborhood rivalry. Penn Trafford's hosting this one. You expect them to want to make a statement, as you always would in a rivalry game. For Norwin, it's a case of, again, you want to, start, you want to turn the program around. You want to make a big jump forward. Go on the road. Lay the hammer, shock everybody, and put out put out a ball out against your rival. And these two have played yearly in week zero for the most part since we've since that's been added since the expansion to six classes. So again, it actually has had that feel to it. So kind of an opportunity for both sides. And then a couple and a couple of proximity matchups that I want to call rivalries, but it's it's close to kind of in your backyard things. Mars goes to North Catholic. Grand North Catholic. Uses Mars home uses Mars home field sometimes to play at or most of the time. So I mean, you know, it's kind of, kind of laugh about that one. But North Catholic is absolutely loaded in three A. They're loaded. I mean, Joey Prentice is back. Kyle Tuminski's back. Quarterback's your quarterback and leading rusher. Carson Laconi is is a star defensive back. But now he might get his time to shine as a receiver and a ball carrier. He's also a good return man. I mean, North Catholic is absolutely loaded all over the place. And again, and the thing for them is. They've, they've been really good the regular season the last couple of years, but they haven't been able to get over the hurdle in the playoffs. So can they do that? And that's the storyline for them all year because they're, they're the heavy conference favorites. We made the mistake of doubting them last year. We took some backlash for it. Fair enough. We were wrong. It happens. This year, we're not making that mistake again. We're picking North Catholic to win the conference and be one of the contenders in 3A. And again, and they definitely should be. It's just a matter of can they go over. Of course, Mars on the other hand. Mars, they won six games last year. They made the playoffs, lost in the quarterfinals. Teddy Ruffner had a great senior season, despite it being only eight, you know, nine games, eight, eight, nine games because of COVID, obviously. And the, you know, but you felt like, but you just, you just didn't feel like it was, it was up to Mars' standard. You come into this year, you look at Mars, the the line play on both sides is gonna be phenomenal. And you and you have, you know, you have that, and you and you, and you trust your defense will be solid. But you look at the offense, you have question marks. Because obviously Ruffner is gone now. So what do you do? You have two sophomores vying for the starting running back role, which should bode good in the next couple of years for sure. And that's kind of what Morris tends to do. Evan Wright's kind of the, the leader of the pack there. And the other sophomore is going to, supposed to be the leader in the linebacker core. So that would be interesting. Um, and then you look at Morris, though. Receiver-wise, you have some new kids trying to step up into the role. and They're a run-heavy team, so not a huge, huge deal. And again, you need some help to spread the ball around. But then the question mark relies in quarterback because – Quarterback-wise, Quinn Fuller was going to be a third-year starter, and he was all-conference secondary as a defensive back last year. He decided to hang up the football cleats because he's had a shoulder injury and so on. He's a lacrosse player, so best wishes to him. His football career is over with. But now, please, Coach, what do they do? Well, we have junior Raphael Bartley, who's going to take over the quarterback role. He's all. He also returns as a starting defensive back. So that's so that's kind of fills the void a little bit, but again, Mars 
Still young in the skill position areas as well as the back of the defense. That leaves a question mark, but you expect them to be solid. But it's a case of North Cadillac's a very deep veteran team. Mars is mixed between the two. It's going to be interesting to see this one plays out. And it'll be a good test for both. And then the other matchup here, Armstrong at Freeport. The old containing Freeport rivalry gets renewed. It's Armstrong now. And you look at the Riverhawks, year number seven of their program. Crazy how time flies, but it is. Can they make it back to the postseason? They made the playoffs three out of their first four years. The last two, not so much. But it's optimistic because Caden Olsen stole the show last year as a sophomore passer. He's back. The only issue, though, is they couldn't run the ball last year, and they really don't have a, a, a main guy that, that can carry the rock this year, as well as the top four receivers have all graduated. So you're kind of thinking about how is this going to all play out for the Riverhawks. Well, Isaiah Brown is a sophomore. He saw a little bit of time as a freshman. Expect him and keep your eye on him as a two-way standout for them, linebacker, receiver, to be Olsen's top target, also just to be a baller. And then the line play for the Riverhawks, I mean, they're deep on they're deep on both sides of that line, so that should help. And defensively, the front eight's strong and returning. So the Riverhawks, they have the star quarterback who's really good. You have you have a guy that could be a really special playmaker, and you have you have enough on both sides of the line, and you have an experienced defense. And it's a matter of what do you have elsewise to get the ball to? That'll be kind of to see how far Armstrong goes. You, of course. In for a top five in each conference make the playoffs, I believe, with a wild card berth somewhere in that mix. Or you know, actually, I, actually, I have that wrong. I apologize. I have that wrong. Actually, I, I think it's the top five in the Greater Allegheny make it because they have eight teams in their conference. And then I think it's like the top four in the other two game or something like that. It's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a wonky qualifying system. I'll clarify that when we break down Class Four in next week's season guide episode. But, so, but again, so they have a good chance of the playoffs. We'll see. Of course, Freeport, I mean, last year was a rebuilding year. They, COVID hurt them. But they still had a solid season. They still came second place in, in the conference. They made the postseason. Now Freeport, they're back, and they're loaded. This team's ready to roll. And it, it starts around two things for me. You have the great comeback story of senior quarterback Garrett King. Check it out if you don't know it. He's back to lead the troops. Ben Lane had a monster sophomore season. It's just an absolute baller. He's back now. He's able to I mean, he played quarterback last year, but now he doesn't have to. He's going to be the running back. He'll be all over the offense. He's also very good in the secondary. Just a stud. So that's that. You also have Vinny Clark, who was who's, his back is the leading receiver. He's a, he's a shutdown corner. He can kick. He can punt. He's a returner. He does it all. Kind of like Reed Martin from Plum last year. This is Vinny Clark's time now to have that for Freeport. You also have Brady Stevenson. And then Cole Charlton, who is a 6'5 senior tight end slash receiver linebacker, who is ready to break out and be more of a known name around here for Freeport. And then you all, speaking of young guys, you also have sophomore Colton Otterman, who, who made ways as a freshman as a linebacker last year. Watch out for him. You also have Jackson Riser, who's a guy that could play. Billy Lyons, who's a linebacker too. So Freeport's got some linemen. They're actually really loaded, just not as well known. So I look for them to be easily a one-two with North Cali in that conference, and when they play circle that date. And again, expect Freeport to maybe make a move in 3A. Of course, and again, it'll be a great test for them going up against a quarterback of Olsen's caliber, as well as some of these younger skill guys for Armstrong going up against an experienced defense that Freeport has that is tested. So I think, again, it's a good quality week zero game for both sides to fill each other out. And um, I actually just realized I made a mistake. 
So I'm going to say in seven minutes, I'm sorry for this. As I quickly misread my little note sheet here. As North Catholic goes to Hopewell for week zero, Mars takes on North Hills for week zero. So that's my goof on the little notepad. So we talked about Mars and North Catholic. They just don't play each other. So North Catholic actually plays Hopewell. Hopewell, North Catholic should have no issues in this matchup. And the problem with Hopewell is you feel bad for them because the community, they had a big three. Supposedly, Jamar Jeter, Micah, Kimbrough, and Caden Sarver. Jeter transfers to Aliquippa. Kimbrough hangs up the football cleats. And Sarver is a sophomore quarterback who, again, had played last year as a freshman, did well. But now it's his and his show to run. So Hopewell's trying to rebuild its program. What they thought they are going to have, they don't. They're trying to have younger guys and veterans step into these roles. And weeks are getting against North Catholic. Probably not the best way to get them tasted with that. So kind of a bummer for the Vikings who are trying to rebuild and get the program in the right direction. That's that. So again, North Catholic is at Hopewell. Mars hosts North Hills. My apologies for the mistake. The, Mo- the Mars-North Hills matchup. North Hills, Robert Dickinson is the star of the show. This guy had a monster junior. He's back. He's ready. He's hungry. And he's going to do it all. North Hills has a new quarterback that's supposedly opening eyes up. And again, North Hills, they always are solid in the trenches and on defense. It's a matter of, do they have the skill guys? Can they pass the ball? That's what's kind of happened in the last handful of years. If they could do that and, and go behind Dickerson, North Hills honestly could maybe make a run in that, nor- in, that North- in that Northern Conference in 5A. Maybe they can. But again, against the Mars team, it's very strong on the inside. What better way to kind of test yourself out and feel it? It's going to be a tough physical matchup. And, and I mean, and this, and this used to be a conference game before they realigned things going into last year. So these two are familiar with one another. Just that it's week zero and there's no playoff implications at stake. And then we got two more on my list. Upper Saint Clair takes on Greensburg Central Catholic. A clear mismatch. Five, you know, one of the better five A teams versus a one A school who is coming off a two win season. It's obviously a mismatch. Upper Saint Clair should have no problems with this one. But for USC, again, you have Ethan Heister, Jamal Brown. Mateo Sapulio is kind of the big three. They're going to be two-way guys for the Panthers. You always have a couple good linemen for them that are back. But the question is the quarterback. Gone is Ethan Dallum. Gone is Pantelis. You expect Sapulio to take on the lead role. But you have two, but again, and then you have junior Aiden Besselman, who had a solid sophomore year for getting hurt. He should take on a much bigger role. And then junior Brady Erdos, ready to take over the starting quarterback position for them. As long as some guys like Bamberg and Funnel in, in the mit, in the meat of it all as well to help. So upside Clark should be fine. It's a matter of can they get over the hurdle, win a conference title, and make a, ch- a title run, or just be another good team that comes with short. That's to be seen. But this is a great way to kind of get some confidence, get started, be strong with that. Of course, Greensboro Central Catholic trying to get back to being at the top of their height. They had a couple of kids transfer from Jeanette, so that should boot, um, bolster things. You have the Dogos brothers who are running the show from them. You have Amari Mack, who's a talented junior, ready to do more. I mean, they have pieces, they have talent, but again, I expect this one to be all USC. Really not much more to say about that. Oh, there's some name, name recognition. And then last but not least, Blackhawk at Beaver Falls. Of course, Beaver Falls is the defending 2A Whippeal champs. Blackhawk well, had an injury-plagued COVID-hit season last year, but they were ready to reload for this year. Beaver Falls looks to retool, not rebuild. It's an, it's, again, it's a Beaver County rivalry that they get to play this one out. Of course, Blackhawk, they have a lot coming back. Carson Heckathor is a two-way stud. Lorenzo Jenkins, again, a two-way stud as well. Transfers in from Fox Chapel. That's going to be a help. 
You have Carson Davidson, who's in his third year as a starting quarterback. Zach Orris, who's going to be the lead running back and a linebacker for them. You got some guys on the line, led by Hayden Davis, in the front side of the defense as well. You have a couple veteran linemen. So Blackhawk, again, they have to deal with Alquipa in the Parkway Conference. They have Montour. They have Newcastle. They have a revamped Chartreuse Valley team that's for real. They have Beaver, who's got proud tradition. It's a tough competitive conference. As well as 4A, you know, being, I mean, 4A is there, you know. I mean, 4A is very, very much for the taking. So, again, I think it's a good challenge. And, of course, Beer Falls, I want to say at the top of 2A in the Midwestern, and they definitely can. They have a lot. They have enough talent back from their Whitfield talent team. Of course, Josh Hosh, Lee Gleason are gone. The, the run power scheme, they're going to have to find new guys to tote the rock. Defensively, they still should be good. That's a good test for Beer Falls, to be honest. It's a good test for them. You know, go up against, I think, what's going to be one of the, I mean, one of the better half of the 4A teams, and it kind of gets some guys who are going to have to take on a bigger load this year and really taste against a quality team. And again, it's, it's a little bit of a neighborhood rivalry. You're going to see much that'll be exciting for that reason too. And the whole they're a 4A school or a 2A school that's in our backyard adds a little chip to that as well. So, and again, for Beer Falls, young guys who are part of the championship team last year that didn't play a whole lot, it's their time to shine, take the field to storm. So, I mean, so that's kind of the list. So. A lot of excitement, and, and a lot, you know, it's there. Week zero is here. The 2021 Whippeal football season, literally counting down the hours till it officially kicks off this Friday night, and then of course week one conference play, and the full slate next week. So it's exciting times. We move into the start of the school year. We get to September. We get from August to September, and football is back all over the place. So here we go. So again, a little reminder. So we will have our coverage of week zero out by Monday or Tuesday next week and then we're going to have or we're going to have a new more mainstream efficient way to recap the action versus our old style way so look out for that um and then of course our 2021 season guide for Whippeal football in the city league will be released either sometime next Wednesday or Thursday just in time before week 1 kicks off and then we have those things as well as um, throughout next week leading up to the action, we will have episodes breaking down each class in the city, class by class for the season preview. So, and I guess we'll recap week zero briefly as well, I guess. I kind of just realized that too. So, we'll have a lot coming out in the next seven, eight days as we're ready for football. So, with that being said, appreciate the time. Hope you guys enjoy this. And, of course, for the entire week zero slate for the Whitfield, because there's a lot more games out there. Um, check out, you know, the schedules can be found, Whippeal Football Zone, um, PA Football News, the West PA side, it, it can be found, you know, on the Post-Gazette, it can be found, you know, on team-specific sites, Max Preps, etc. So, a lot of places to find it. It also can be found on Whippeal.org, I believe, week zero in the season long one. So, find it there. Thank you guys, and we'll, we'll talk soon. Take care.